I'm an artist with no collectors, no connections, no clout, and no social media presence. In this podcast, you will get a behind-the-scenes look at the actions I'm taking to change all that. I've made a one-year commitment to share my successes and failures and everything I learned along the way as I attempt to build an art business from the ground up. Welcome to Artistic Ambition. My name is Christina Elkins. Welcome to episode 14 of Artistic Ambition. And today we're going to talk about something that many artists might avoid or might feel a little bit nervous about even discussing, and that is the business side of art. Now, you might be asking yourself, Christina, why isn't this episode number one or number two? Why are you halfway through the year and you're just now talking about that? Well, first of all, I personally don't feel like there's any reason to jump the gun on something that you're not sure where you're going with it or how it's going to evolve. There are fees that are involved when registering a business. And if you really start something and then a couple of months later, something in your life makes that stop or you change direction, I don't know. I just wouldn't dive in and waste a bunch of time getting wrapped up in those pre-details whenever you should just kind of, in my personal opinion anyway, (laughs) what I do is I just kind of go for it, get my toes out there, get them wet, see if, you know, anyone's even going to buy anything. I feel like it's kind of silly to be like, I'm this business and then you can't even access people or sell people anything. So that's kind of why I kind of see what's going to happen, see where my heart is in it. If I want to keep pursuing it, maybe I started this journey. And after a couple months, I'm like, you know, I don't want to try to make money off of my art. So I've gone through all this research, all these pain of the annoying side of running a business. And for what? I'm not even going to pursue that. That's why I waited a little bit to make sure that some money was being made and that this is where I want to go with this. Like I want to be a legitimate business. And so I kind of wanted to make sure before I did the grimy details of the business and taxes and tracking stuff, that might seem silly to you. But if you're an artist, you don't probably want to do this anyway. It uses the opposite side of your brain that art does to create things is thinking about numbers and all these things. My advice is if you're just starting out and you don't want to go through the headache of all the setting up the business stuff yet, because you're not sure what's going to happen, I would just say, save your receipts. Just focus on that as step one on getting this thing off the ground. Save those receipts. So whenever you do come to a decision, you'll have that information. Plus, everything is tracked digitally now. So it's not like, you know... I didn't track my mileage for this thing and now it's a loss. No, you know if you went and traveled for an art show or something. So you can always go by back and find that information pretty easily. So that's why I didn't have this as episode number one. I also want to preface this episode by saying, obviously, I'm not a tax person and I can't give like tax official advice or even business advice. I'm not a business counselor. 
All I'm going to do is tell you my experience and how I feel about things and what helped me, and you can go from there. Now, one thing that I'm going to be drawing on in my experience is the fact that I do run another small business, and I have ran that small business for 14 years. It's an online business. I really messed up the first few years because I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> so, And at that time, when I first got started, uh, online business was really taking off at that time. And I feel like there weren't a lot of tax preparers that even knew about online sales and what that encompassed. After I'd been in business about four or five years, I did meet someone who gave me lots of information about how to organize and keep my taxes. And so I'm just going to give you a little bit of information of what I did. And that's where my experience is coming from. And I'm applying it to my art business that I have now. We're going to be talking about all things business, easy breakdown of how to keep track of things and what things are required and what things even mean. Okay, so all of this is coming from the viewpoint of an artist or creative business. I do not have a physical location. I'm assuming most artists or creatives will not have a physical location. They will maybe have a studio, but that may be on their property or inside their home. If that's the case, then a lot of licenses and business things and registering won't really apply to you. Now, if you have an actual art store that you're renting or you've bought or you own or whatever, then you're going to require more stuff. I don't have a physical location. This is a home-based business. This is generally where I do my art is in my home. Or sometimes I paint at my husband's place of business. Like I'm considered a home-based business. The first thing you're going to need to do is form your company. And we talked, we did talk about that early on is you need a name for your company and you need an address. If you're going to take any deductions for operating your business out of your home, then your business address needs to be your home address. Once you get your company formed, and basically you just choose a name and your address, (laughs) and you have to decide what type of business you want to be. Now, obviously, if you're joining partnerships with another artist or whatever, you would be a partnership. There's also an LLC, and that's a limited liability company. And I would say if you have a physical location that you're operating out of that you rent a space, you'll probably want to be an LLC or something of that manner. I don't have a lot of experience with that. So I would definitely suggest if you have a physical location, you need to do more investigating. But If you're a creative like me who just is starting out and you're doing this out of your home or some random location and it's just you and you're just out there hustling all on your own, then I would start out as a sole proprietor. My goal is to keep the business side of my art as simple as possible. When you file your taxes, you will have to have what they call an EIN number It's your employer identification number. If you're a sole proprietor, don't even sweat it. It's your social security number. That is what you'll use on that line whenever you file your taxes. If you go online and search for your state business requirements, one of the things that you might see is them talking about a business plan. Do I think business plans are great? It's basically an anticipated 
plan for your revenue and expenses for your small business, which is a great idea. For me and my art business, I literally have no idea. I would say you really only need a business plan if you are deciding to get a loan from a bank. You can't get a loan from a bank without a business plan. Now, I'm not sure how apt a bank would be to loan to an artist or some kind of creative business. I'm guessing not very. (laughs) Your startup cost for a creative business should be fairly small. One of the reasons I'm doing this podcast is because it keeps me accountable tracking my business expenses and my income. Do you need insurance? So if you are not operating a physical location, I really don't see why you would really need insurance. Whenever I was setting up for that open house that I had talked about before, the realtor did ask me about whether or not I had insurance on my paintings. So I did a little research at that time and I reached out to a couple insurance agencies and I came to find out that almost no one will give you a quote for an insurance policy that covers art. Now, Arkansas in general does require you to have a business license if you fall under certain categories for sure. I am going to be physically selling my art in the area and so I am going to pursue that business license. It does cost $50 and that business license does not need renewed. Once you apply for it, you have it. It's $50 one time. That's that. You register for that online. You can just Google uh, Arkansas Taxpayer Access Point is what the actual website is. Pretty much they're going to ask you if you're going to sell alcohol. They want to know if you have a physical location and you're pretty much going to say no to everything And then at the end, you submit it and then they get back to you and you pay your $50. It took me about 15 minutes to go through each of the pages that they asked for. They walk you right through it. It's it's very easy. So now I've decided I am official. Once you get all these things set up and you can set all these things up at the very beginning, even if you don't know what's going to happen. Or if you don't like to do it, like you wanted to start making art and then see what happens, which is what I did then you can just wait a little bit. You don't have to have all this lined out before you ever start. I just don't want you to think that, oh, I have to get every little thing researched and organized and, uh, you know, freaking out because this can be a real hurdle for a lot of artists are these steps that I'm talking about right now. And I just want you to know that literally you can just pause for a second on this. The only thing you'll need to do is keep those receipts. So get out there and start making art and start seeing if you can sell it. And then as you gain a little traction, then go back in and get on there and get your sales tax permit because you will need that if you are selling out and about. When you sell your goods at a craft or art fair, the organizers of that event will give you a tax form so that you can submit taxes to the state that you live in for that event. It will be up to you to submit that document. I'll take a little moment to talk about sales tax. Yes, you can probably scam the government out of some taxes. You're a very small fish in a big sea of taxpayers. Honestly think that a person who is operating within their state, within their city, should pay their sales tax. Those sales tax that are collected go to support your local schools. They go to help fix roads, anything that has to do with the public, sales tax 
is what helps pay for those. Your fire department that is paid for by sales tax. So if you are driving around in your city, if you are participating in your city, if you go to the library in your city, then you should be paying your sales tax. You should not be even stingy about that is one way that you can give back to your community. And so I really encourage you to be on the up and up about that, to pay your share of sales tax where it applies. So that's my big spiel on sales tax and its importance. So we're halfway through the year. Obviously, I have been keeping receipts. I've been tracking my income and expenses as it applies to the taxes that I'm going to be paying on my business for the end of the year. So let's talk a little bit about taxes and what that looks like for a small, especially creative business. Some things that you will want to track as a small business is your mileage. You want to track your mileage to different events. Let's say you go to five different art fairs across the state or even out of the state. You will want to track that mileage. And there's lots of apps out there that help you track your mileage. One thing I do is use Google Sheets. They have a template. Uh, It's called, I believe, the Annual Budget Tracker Template. And it's basically an income and expense tracker. And it's like an Excel sheet. So you input the numbers and it's adding it up and subtracting it for you as you go. If you have access to Google Sheets, I would suggest using that. So let's talk about if you have a studio in your home or you create your art or your craft in your home and then you sell it from there. You can, on your taxes, take a deduction for the percentage of your home that you use for that. You cannot, I believe you can't go over 20%. So if you're like overtaking your entire house with art, you need to like come up with a legitimate percentage amount of the space like the square footage of your house that you're actually using for your at-home business. If you file your taxes yourself or if you file them with a tax professional, they may ask you what percentage of your home do you use for your home-based business and you'll need to have that number, like some kind of percentage. Other things that you may want to also track is if your children do some work for you. I have my youngest daughter, she preps a lot of my canvases for me. And so I just track like how long she works for me and how much money I pay her for those things. So I keep track of that. If you use your vehicle mostly for your art business, going back and forth to events or networking or whatever it is you do that relates to your art business, if you mainly use one vehicle, then keep a hold of receipts for repairs, maintenance for that vehicle. You can always submit them and see if you get any kind of deduction with your tax professional. Also, if you at any point in the year decide to donate extra supplies or anything like that, you can get a receipt. That can also be a tax write-off. Whenever I was first starting out with my other small business, I felt like my mind couldn't really wrap around how all the tax and all the business side of it worked. And I'm going to tell you how my mind thinks about it. And hopefully it'll help clarify things for you a bit also. Like I said, I don't want to make things complicated. Think about all your money coming into you. You basically need to show all the places and dollars went out. 
So obviously a big category is going to be, it goes out in supplies or it might go out in studio equipment, like your easel, that would be studio equipment, projector, that would be studio equipment. That's a place where your money has gone out. Your money goes out in gas to go to events. Your money goes out on any expenses for people you've paid to help you. All the money comes in and you're trying to get all the money out. (laughs) So let's say you had $100,000 come in and only $50,000 went out. So that means that your profit was $50,000 and that will be your taxable income. And you will be taxed at a higher rate as a business owner. You're trying to basically get that taxable income down as far as you can. Now, obviously, my first year in business is probably not going to be a a year of being profitable. I'm guessing I just now started making money and we're six months in. Now, something amazing may happen. You know, things just really explode in the next six months. But if things stay on track, I'm hoping to break even. The government actually allows a new business to take a loss for three out of five years. After that, they will reassess your business and they will declassify you as a hobby instead of an actual business so that you can't take a loss. Because if you're taking a loss, then you are not paying taxes because you don't have any taxable income. So I hope that makes sense to you is like, keep track of all the money coming in, keep track of all the money going out. So as a creative, this episode might be the most boring thing you've ever heard. (laughs) I totally understand. I completely get it. But I'm telling you right now, if you're going to be a legitimate business that is practicing for the long term, you have to know how much money comes in and you have to know how much money goes out. You have to keep receipts. If you might be thinking, oh, you know, the government's going to audit me. Well, you won't have any problem if you have your receipts. What I do, I don't even input my receipts really because it's all digital now. Like I can just go online and see where I spent. So it's not that big of a deal, the receipts themselves, but I still keep them. If I ever did get audited, they could have the paper copy and the digital copy to cross-reference and they will want that. So you would take those receipts as they come in and I just put them in a tray all together. And at the end of the year, I stuff them into a Ziploc baggie and I write the year on it and I keep them for a couple years. I actually think you're supposed to keep them like six years. I would see if you can find a tax preparer that is knowledgeable in small business or in home-based business taxes. Okay, whew, that's a lot of talking about taxes <laughs> and business stuff. So let's talk about some of the things that happened this week and some of the things that are getting ready to happen. I talked a lot about the open house that I had made a bunch of big paintings for. Well, that open house happened last Thursday. I had a huge expense in creating large canvases for a house that was so grand, you know. I'm just going to be very transparent and honest about the how it went down. And if anyone involved is listening, well, it is what it is. This is, you know, what happened. 
felt like it was going to be a really great opportunity to have access to people who would be buying a million dollar home. So as far as like my artistic journey, it gave me a push. Then obviously I've talked to you guys about the experience of hanging this artwork and how much time, how much money, how much more money it took. It was not a pleasant experience hanging this, but the whole time I'm telling myself, you know, at least I'll have the opportunity to show my work in front of a large group of people. I'll get some exposure that way. As the situation drug on, I mean, I think in March was whenever the first open house was supposed to be. And so we're in June now. My artwork has been in this house this whole time, falling off the walls, getting damaged. I go back and hang it up per the realtor's request because of pictures that had to be taken and different things like that. I was disappointed in the fact that I never saw ever mention that my art was going to be in the house during the open house. I never saw any mention of it whatsoever. And maybe I missed it. Sometimes you don't see everyone's posts about every single thing. Never a post that like tagged me. That was a bit (laughs) anticlimactic because I would think that part of the collaboration is the exposing that collaboration to the community. Like, hey, we're doing this together. I mean, obviously I was a very small part and they're very busy. So I have to like tell myself these things. Then I also realized about halfway through this that the open house was not like a community wide open house. Anybody could show up. It was specifically for realtors. So with that being the case, I realized my exposure was going to be a little bit different than I originally thought. The open house comes. I couldn't even go because I had another event and I'm teaching a class, so I couldn't even be there. Some things that I would do differently, should I ever collaborate on the staging of a house again, is I will hang my large artworks appropriately. These artworks needed to be hung on their wire, on a nail, a screw, whatever, into a stud like an artwork would literally be hung (laughs) like and then when they were taken down obviously you can patch they have the paint right there for the the entire house like get my art back to me was a relief the whole experience was just really a learning experience not what i had hoped it would be and that's kind of what the first couple years of being in business is about is like finding your way and seeing what works for you and what doesn't This would be definitely a negative on my journey this far. Most of my credit card debt is from this project. And I pretty much yielded nothing in return. Conclusion of the open house. It's finally over. I I just feel like a huge sigh of relief. I do have a couple positives, though. I did get my some of my artwork hung in the gallery at the NWA Mall in Fayetteville, and it looked great. And then I was also contacted about a town in Missouri that is not far from where I am. And someone there is opening an art gallery and my sister knows her. And so she sent her my way and I'm going to take some artwork up there this week and hang it. They do have a monthly fee and a commission. So I'm a little bit nervous. I would not think of this town as an artsy town for sure. I literally told the lady, hey, I don't have a very big budget. I'm going to try you out for a couple months and see what happens. 
If you are in the Neosho, Missouri area and you want to go to their new gallery opening, I believe the op- the gallery opening is on June 16th. Some of my artwork will be there. Another exciting thing I have coming up is I have officially decided to do a watercolor workshop for adults. I'm just nailing down the dates. I'm going to do one in Fayetteville. And so I'm talking to a studio right now to use their space. And then I also like to do one in Bentonville. And so I'm going to be getting that set up to hopefully happen in July. So let's get to my expenses and income for the week. My expenses for this week were zero. That's surprising. I don't know how I avoided that. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so I had no art expenses for this week. I think that's the first week I have not spent money, which is ridiculous. And then my income for the week was $112. And that's the final payment on a commission of some pets that I did for someone. Then this week, I am starting a new pet portrait commission. I'm still talking to the lady who has the four children portrait commission she wants me to do. She's in the process of moving. So I'm trying to give her a little grace as far as how much time she's taking to nail this thing down. She keeps telling me she's going to pay me my deposit, but she hasn't yet. So we'll see what happens with that. I'm just going to, I just give them the information and if they want to do it, then they can do it. If not, then I'm just going to keep moving forward. And even though this episode is kind of like the ugh of it all, it has to be said. And it is important as artists to run our business with integrity and to run it as a legitimate business. And so I would encourage you if you are on a creative journey to keep track of all that money coming in and all that money going out. Try not to stress too hard about it. You are small potatoes in the grand scheme of things. So the odds of you getting audited are pretty small. I would say do it a little bit at a time. It's not so bad. Thank you for listening, and I hope that this information was helpful to you. You're also welcome to email me at caseartworks at gmail.com if you have any questions or want me to do any research. I'd love to hear from you through an audio recording through Instagram for my segment I would love to do called One Good Thing. I would love to hear one good thing about you or your business a little free promotion for any other small businesses out there who are trying to get their name out and about. We're about to hit 600 downloads on this podcast, and it's been in the works for six weeks now. And so that's pretty cool. I hope to keep growing. So if you have any creative friends that you feel like might benefit from just knowing that someone else out there is going through the same things they are, then send them my way and let them have a listen and maybe it will bring them some comfort and some information on their journey as well. If you'd like to check out my website and see if all of this is just a foolish endeavor, then you can find me at caseartworks.com. And you can also follow me on any of my social media platforms. I have Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. I'd love for you to follow along or walk beside me in this journey. And let's see what happens at the end of the year. Oh,